Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Tuesday, the month of November. Are you kidding me? I mean, we are on the cusp of December. Unbelievable. Where is the time gone? It feels like yesterday that it was Florida State and LSU. It feels like we were kicking off the 2023 college and professional season still a lot of work to do as we know in the NFL what six games remain then wild card weekend that's the goal for the hometown team right get the overall top seed number one seed in all of the NFL right now Jacksonville currently sits at number three all right they're behind Baltimore who they'll get in December they're behind Kansas City who they've already lost to Uh, but this football team is spectacular on the road. You'll get their last nine regular season games away from Jacksonville. They are a winner. Of course, they did lose back there at Arrowhead during the divisional round. But the first uh, the, or the last three games in 2022, and I'm counting both of those matchups in London because it's not in Jacksonville. And that is staggering. It, that is frightening. People don't do that. I mean, even some of the best football teams that we have seen, you know, let's say over the last 10, 12, 15 years, you don't have that type of success on the road. And if you look at their schedule the rest of the way through, particularly with what's going on right now in Cleveland, with all the injuries that they have, and if you throw Amari Cooper in there and Miles Garrett in there, hey, injuries are part of it, college and pro, right? I mean, we just had a conversation about Jordan Travis. It's it's awful. Cam Robinson, out. Devon Hamilton, out, albeit that's healthy. Um, you know, you're playing without Tyson Campbell. Every team deals with it, but you look at the next couple of games on the schedule, Jacksonville gets Cincinnati without Joe Burrow. Jacksonville gets Cleveland without Deshaun Watson, without Nick Chubb, and we'll find out about these other players really beaten up. It's a battle of attrition, week to week to week, uh, surviving the NFL and college football regular season before you get into the postseason. All right, a lot of good stuff coming up tonight. Uh, Looking forward to it over the next couple of hours. My name is Rick Ballou alongside... J.J. LaSelva, we are typically with you 6 to 8 every single night except for tonight. That'll be the case tomorrow night, our yearly J-Fund Radiothon. It begins very early in the morning. It'll continue through late night. And it's one of the greatest days of the year for our outstanding audience. Each and every year, you outdo yourself and you end up putting up Record-setting numbers. I take a lot of, um, what word am I looking for with listeners of Into the Night? I know I really can't use the word pride anymore, right? Can you use pride? You can't use pride in sports anymore because there is no pride, right? I mean, there's not. It's all about money. 
right? The fans still have pride, but the players don't have any pride. Uh, They don't. I mean, Florida State's best players were at Michigan State last year and Oregon last year and Albany two years ago and Arizona State two years ago. I mean, come on. The whole pride thing is is gone. You think I've sat here. I remember doing the show with Malik Jackson. What was that, six, seven years ago? We did it weekly. You say, you know, if that particular team offered me a dollar more, I would have gone there. So that's not pride. He would have gone to Buffalo for crying out loud. He would have gone to Green Bay. Can you imagine getting up and going to Green Bay? Hey, honey, what do you want to do tonight? It's Tuesday. What shall it be? Applebee's or Chili's? That's all you got in Green Bay, but they're going to pay you $1 more. So pride's gone. But I feel like there's a little bit with this listening audience. And I think you're going to show it tomorrow night. Looking forward to it. Record-setting numbers for the station a year ago and as well from 6 to 8. And it's deeply appreciated. So um have some interviews lined up and looking them over. And they're not always, you know, happy endings. This is a major problem. And Tom Coughlin and the J Fund, they have been outstanding. They do really good work for the families and certainly for the sick kids right here in Duval. So that's going to be a lot of – I don't want to say it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a very emotional show, but, you know, we're here, and with your support, we all do it for the right reasons. Then Thursday, it's the exact opposite, okay? Thursday, I mean, it's on. Monkey's uncle, the beach. Let me check right now. I got them right here in my back pocket. I got two tickets in my pocket. I do. I do. Monday night football. Jacksonville, Cincinnati, a party sponsored by Miller Lite, and the truth teller is carrying. Right now, I'm packing, okay? I got two tickets for Monday night football. You got to be there to register to win phenomenal beer specials. Oh, I spoke with all the principals today. Our final Miller Lite remote of the year. It's been just another tremendous relationship with them. I'm honored uh, to be a spokesman uh, for Miller Lite. There's no other beer I'd rather have. Don't Beachwood age me. Don't fireproof me or don't um, ice me or ail me or for crying out loud, you better not put a freaking piece of fruit in my beer. Just give me a draft, ice cold, Miller Lite, frothy, you know, kind of falling over the brim. That's the way you like it, you know? I mean, don't serve me with a napkin. I want a coaster. I want, I want an old school coaster. Do they make coasters anymore? You know, I see today's waitresses and waiters and bartenders, they like slap it down on the bar and maybe put down a nap. No, I don't want a napkin for my beer. I want a coaster. I know that all beer distributors provide you with coasters. Stop being lazy. I tip really well. Some will say I tip more than you make. But crying out loud, give me a coaster with my ice cold Miller Lite. You know, JJ, I was traveling around today before I played golf. And I was listening to the greatest rock band in our history who is still not in the rock and roll Hall of Fame, and it was Bad Company from the self-titled Bad Company playing their hit single, <laughs> Bad, Company. Bad Company. Okay, you're talking about a three for three, but I 
I, I, I was getting into it a little bit, and I was like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you know why Paul Rogers and Bad Company, do you know why they're not in the Hall of Fame? Any idea? Besides uh, that there's no rock and roll music in the Hall of Fame anymore? No, I'm not sure. I'll tell you why. I came up with the answer. <laughs> they use the word love way too much in their songs. For instance, from 1974, I can't get enough your of your love. love. Okay? And then you can go to the same album from 1994 when Paul, uh, when Paul Rogers goes, I'm ready, ready for your love, okay? <laughs> then they came out with Good Loving Gone Bad from the, shooting, uh, from the Straight Shooter LP in 1975. They also went to In Rock, Rock Steady, all right? And then, of course, their biggest one of all, I Feel Like Making Love. Dun, so, dun, yeah, dun. that's the problem. Too much, there's way too much love from Bad Company I mean, for crying out loud, rock and roll is sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We need turmoil. We need strippers. We need cheating. You can't talk about one-on-one love. Especially if your name's Bad Company. Right. They screwed themselves (laughs) out of it by talking about love. And the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's like, no way. Give us Devo. Give us Janet Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Give us um, whomever. But it's not going to be bad company. So it took me a long time to actually come up with that. But I think I hit. I think I hit it today. Never thought of that. Mm-hmm. What other band says love? Can you even think of another band that has love in any of their lyrics? I mean, it's <laughs> as great as uh, all right. All of my love with Led Zeppelin, right? Is there a band that doesn't have love in their lyrics? That's probably a better question. I don't think Pink Floyd does. Oh. I don't even think the Rolling Stones do. Uh, all right. Jim Morrison and the Doors, Love Me Two Times. And uh, Hello, I Love You. Won't you tell me your name? Um, that's really it. You too doesn't have love. Right? Um... The Eagles, Best of My Love, that would be probably it. Uh, let's see, am I at the top ten? Uh, the Police, no. They don't go to love at all. Uh, the Who, right? Lo- well, they go love, rain or me. Not love, rain on me. It's rain spelled R-E-I-G-N. Uh, they say long live rock. Right? That's not uh, that's not love. So I, I think that has to be it as far as I'm concerned. Maybe some of our listeners out there uh, will let us know. As always, we are very intertwined with uh, your comments at 641-1010. Pink Floyd didn't make a lot of love songs. Mm-mm. Now, the Beatles are like, love, oh, love that, me, do. Beatles is right. every single song. Hey, I, I love you. <laughs> love hey, me, Hey, you do. know that it's true. Yeah, the Beatles. I mean, they, like, it, can you just imagine it with McCartney? And like, hey, we need to work. Love. Yeah. But rock bands are, like, too cool, right? Van Halen, do they have love in any? Uh, they have it in at least one. 
Um, love comes walking in, right? Love come, yeah. Love walks in. Yes, but that's probably it. The great Jake Giles band gave us Love Stinks, which is acceptable, you would think, by rock and roll standards, because they're ripping apart that four-letter word love. But oh. then again, Jake Giles isn't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, when when it's love by Van Halen. When it's love, another one. Well, I have so much appreciation now for Sammy Hagar. That's one of those deals when they came out. I was like too cool. Oh, don't give me Sammy Hagar. Hair Van Halen sucks. Yeah. Now it's like Hagar is so much better than Lee Roth. Now Lee Roth on his albums was phenomenal. But obviously, they could play with that. They could edit it. I've seen Van Halen live several times with David Lee Roth in concert, and it's it's really scary. Poor guy can't carry a note at all. I mean, he's just atrocious as far as a lead singer. Let me see. We checked the text line early on. All right, we're getting a lot of good stuff in here. People, uh, ain't talking about, oh, my God, I can't believe it. As a matter of fact, can we play Ain't Talking About Love? Because that's like the one song where you'd love to get up on stage and you all huddle around the same mic at the very end when they're like, hey, 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 hey. And it just, you know, not be anywhere near the microphone the entire song until the very end when the band gets around that microphone. That, that would be like, uh, for me, kind of the ultimate. Yes. And at the very end, they went, hey, 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 hey. Oh, no, hey, hey, Baloo, late night. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, there <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. All right. Uh, we are absolutely ready to go tonight. We do it late night here on Tuesday night. And when we have shows like this, every once in a while, we're uh, kind of threatened with this. Keep it up, and you'll remain with this shift. Hey, just tell us when and where, okay? Just happy to be here. Alongside J.J. LaSalva, my name is Rick Bill. Opening comments tonight brought to you by Schmunez Vision. Dr. Neil Schmunez, I've known for years and years and years. And They are a family practice and organization right out at the beach, and everything that could possibly be wrong with your eyes is is why they're there, okay? We all have those type of issues, even late at night now, compared to when you got up earlier this morning. Just ask yourself. I mean, your eyes are fatigued, right? They're not nearly as strong. And the older we get, there are a lot of issues. It could be cataract issues. It could be situations with your cornea. You could notice blurry vision. You could notice, um, you know, spots, redness within your eyes. This is all very common. It could be something as simple as an allergy, or it could be far more significant. Case in point, eight and a half years ago, I had surgery on my right eye performed by Dr. Neil Schmunez. So they're much more than just, let's get the latest, let's get a prescription for contacts or glasses. Uh Uh-uh. Obviously, they do that, but they take it much farther, and I totally, 100% recommend them. They're the best around. Any issues you have with your eyes, that includes your family, kids, grandparents, whomever, just check them out online. Go to schmunezvision.com. That is schmunezvision.com. Care 
you can say. All right, we got plenty to do. It's good to have you with us right here on this Tuesday night. You know the drill on a Tuesday. We hear from you and your thoughts. Uh, The Jags keep winning, so we get a little bit less of that, which I'm fine with. Okay, I mean, I've done plenty of radio when the Jaguars are not good. And frankly, this is a blast. Jacksonville winning every week is fun. And uh, I love it. I love it for you. I love it for the listeners more than anyone. The good people of Duval. You want to comment, you can. 641-1010. Also, Florida State, Alabama, the college football playoff. Your thoughts, 641-1010. Also on the text line, 641-1010. Same number that is brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Cover up, ladies. It's cold out there. The moneymaker may not be working. True story over Thanksgiving, JJ. And I was talking about how I'll be going out to uh, to Las Vegas in February to uh, see you two for the 28th and 29th time in my life. And somehow the conversation came up. It was my GF. It was my dad. It was my bro. And they were like, when's the last time you've been to Vegas? I used to go to Vegas all the time to cover those fights. And I'm like, man, it's been 10 years. Wow. I was in Vegas with the godfather, Jim Kane, the late Jim Kane. We stayed in Vegas and took the party bus over to the Rose Bowl when Florida State beat Auburn for the national championship. But then I caught myself, and I'm still trying to find my way out of it. I made the mistake of saying, yeah, that was an unbelievable night in mourning. I partied so hard, this and that. And the GF was like, yeah, I figured you partied. You know, we had been, we were dating and this and that. And I was like, we weren't dating then. I had three prostitutes in my hotel room. As one, a discussion that happens at most Thanksgiving oh, dinners. I mean, it's a great family. Yeah, and everything's on the table. So Literally. Um, I love that. I had to reverse my way out of that. <laughs> Say, oh, no, I must have been another time. That was that was Vegas right. 20, or that was like yeah. 1998 Vegas. Right, right, right. I forgot. I forgot. That was that was bad. On uh, That's the thing about lying, dude. Apartment. Like, you have to... If you lie to your chick, 10 years later, you're telling a story, then that comes up. It's like, oh, my God, you got to cover a lie with a lie. It's just better to be honest. That's why I always tell my wife when I'm with prostitutes. Well, hence the, the truth teller. And here's the deal. I didn't lie. <laughs> you you I told, really didn't. I told the truth. <laughs> I just got caught. <sighs> it was funny. So I said it like seven or eight seconds go by. And all of a sudden, my dad looks at me and starts laughing. I'm like, no one got it. No one heard it. Either that or they're just like, shut up, Baloo. You know, you're not funny. You know, we all know. You took it too far. We all know you only could afford one problem. <laughs> Come on, don't, don't lie and say you had three. Don't embellish. Yeah. Anyway, it was pretty funny stuff. All right, now people give me all these songs that, that, um, that define love. That Okay, but... Without saying love. You're missing my point here. It's, it's, 
love in the title. You know, love is the title, right? Um, can't get enough of your love. Although I think technically the song may be just can't get enough. Feel like making love. Rock steady. Um, actually, that's not even one. That's rock. <laughs> um, ready for love, right? Good loving gone bad. Uh, there's others, but uh, waiting on love is one that's more of a uh, more of a uh, deep cut. Lonely for your love is another one. What about? No, that's not one. Uh, yeah, they just put it in in a ton of their their titles uh, from the Run with the Pack LP, a, a song I'm not even overly familiar with. It's called "Love Me, Somebody." Didn't E.T. Did, did E.T. steal that from? What does E.T. say? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. This is "Love Me, Somebody." So, anyway. Appreciate it. But, yeah, I'm getting all sorts of stuff rolling in here. That's a bad company song I've never heard. Yeah. Love Me Somebody. Yep. They really did go overboard with the love. I never thought of that. Now I'm going to never not think that when I hear them. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's cruel. You can't. Nowadays, man, you can get canceled for anything, including love. (laughs) Okay? I mean, just look at Bagco. Give me one other reason why they're not in. I mean, Paul Rogers is one of the top ten front men of all time. Am I wrong? Best frontman of all time. All right, you get a Freddie Mercury me. I happen to think Queen's overrated, but whatever. Robert Plant, Mick Jagger, Jim Morrison, Bono, Bruce. Who else? Don Henley? I, I mean, who else? David Lee? Sammy Hagar, who are you going to give me? John Fogarty, who are you going to give me? Billy Gibbons, who are you going to give me? Getty Lee, We're, Paul Rogers, bro. What Paul Rogers. Ozzy. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely, Ozzy Osbourne. Lennon, McCartney, all right. I mean, who else? Sting? I mean, I'm talking front men. It's tough to really be a frontman as a bassist, but we have them with Getty Lee and Sting. Uh, I didn't even mention David Gilmore. I think he's the best combination lead guitarist, lead singer that we've ever had. I don't even think it's close. Yet he doesn't get the recognition that he deserves. I think more people would probably say Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix only made four albums, man. The guy was dead by the time he was 27. He didn't give us anything. You know, neither did Jim Morrison. David Gilmore has been doing this forever, uh, ever since he replaced Sid Barrett. College football rankings are in. Every team moves up a spot outside of Ohio State who dropped four. Georgia remains at one. Michigan goes from three to two. UW goes from four to three. Florida State goes from five to four. Those would be your top four teams at the playoffs were this weekend still in it with a legitimate chance to get there. Oregon, they move up a spot to number five. Of course, they will play Washington this weekend in Las Vegas. As far as I'm concerned, the winner of that game is into the Final Four. 
Georgia plays Alabama. Bama comes in at number eight. They stay the same. They're actually the fourth highest ranked one-loss team. You have Oregon at five, Ohio State who dropped four spots at six, and that's um that's important. Remember a year ago, Ohio State lost to Michigan. They dropped four spots from one to five. They got in because USC lost in the Pac-12 championship game. So we know that Ohio State, even though they lost their last regular season game, still got into the college football playoff. It, it really bears the question. We know if Florida State loses, they're out to Louisville. We know if Washington loses to Oregon, they're out. If Georgia loses to Bama, I still think Georgia is in. What about Michigan being a 23-point favorite over Iowa? If Iowa beats them, and you know Iowa couldn't blow out anyone because they're not going to score more than 10 points, maybe 14 points. But let's just say Iowa beats Michigan 14-13. Does Michigan get in? What do you think? I don't think so. Neither do I. Not when you're a 23-point favorite. And that also keeps Ohio State out, who still has a pretty long shot to get in. But I've seen, you know, they're still ranked ahead of Alabama and Texas. But if they're saying, hey, they only lost to the number two team, that's why we haven't really dropped them that much. But if Michigan ends up losing to Iowa, then they're both, you know, out. Yeah, it's going to be impossible for the Buckeyes, even though they only have to move up two spots. And and you figure they're going to move up one automatically with the loss of Washington, Oregon. But I just can't see how the committee, unless because if you know if you're Ohio State, you want those top four teams to lose. But technically, Bama beating Georgia would actually hurt Ohio State more than help them. So oh you, yeah, they yeah. they need Florida State to lose. They need Alabama to lose. They need. Uh, or I guess it doesn't matter in the Pac-12. But if Florida State and Alabama lose, Ohio State could get in pretty easily, right? And Texas. Ohio State doesn't play. That hurts them. We're going to see every other team. We're going to see Georgia take on Bama as a number one team, Georgia. We're going to see Michigan take on Iowa. Michigan is a number two team. We're going to see Washington three, Oregon five. We're going to see Florida State. Louisville actually didn't drop all that much. They only dropped four spots. So they're 14. That's respectable. I mean, that's respectable. Don't get me wrong. Okay, they were at 10. Um, It would have looked much better for Florida State if Louisville was still 10 or, you know, possibly 9 or possibly 8. If you look at the rankings right now, that's where 9 and 10, that's where the two lost teams come in. Missouri at 9 and Penn State at 2. Well, if Louisville was 11 and 1, they would be number 9. That would look better for Florida State, a number 4 against a number 9. Now you get a number 4 against a number 14. And money's coming in on Louisville. That thing opened up at 5.5. I'm seeing 2.5s now. I'm seeing 2s. More and more money coming in on the Cardinals here. I, I I just, I don't know how this 
here's one for you, because if you're Ohio State, you need Georgia to win, you need Bam out. Um, Oregon over, it really doesn't matter who wins that game. That team's in. You need, obviously, Florida State to lose. What about Michigan here? I mean, it's not as obvious as you would think. What makes more sense? Michigan losing to Iowa, therefore... The head-to-head says Michigan over Ohio State, but Michigan lost a week after Ohio State lost. What is better for Ohio State, to have Iowa give them the upset or to have Mm. Michigan win the game? So you could say Michigan is far and away number two, and Ohio State lost on the road by six points. Uh, They they should fit into number four because – they don't play, and remember, Texas does play. They have Oklahoma State. Yeah, they Ohio State needs Michigan to win that. They, there's no way they get in if Michigan loses, just because it makes the win or that Michigan loss look even worse. Mm. I think if Michigan yeah. loses, they're both out. A guy on the text line disagrees. Thinks if Michigan loses, they're still in. I no way. I mean, this Iowa team has become a like the joke of college football. There's no way if they lose to that Iowa team, they're still in. Sorry. I don't know. I, I tend to agree with you. I do. I think the only team that can lose and stay in is Georgia. Yeah. That, that, that's, and, and that's my opinion. I don't know that. If they get blown out, no. I think if, if Bama wins by 20 points, I assume Georgia's out. It's not like Georgia played a crazy strong schedule this year. Uh, who's Georgia's best win? Ole Miss? Yeah, that of Missouri. You know, they, they've they put up big – I mean – I'm not saying they that I don't think they're the number one team in the nation. I do. I think they're the best team. But if they get beat by a few scores against Alabama, I don't know if they're in. They – um. You know, you look at what they did since the middle of the season. We all talked about their soft schedule. Then they pounded number 20, Kentucky, 51-13. They pounded Florida, 43-20. Then they took on three ranked teams. They beat Missouri, who was ranked 12th in America, 30-21. That was a close game. Missouri's a good football team. That's why they're the top-ranked two-loss team in the college football playoff rankings. They destroyed number nine, Mississippi. Then they went into Knoxville, and Tennessee took back the opening kick. They're up 7 nothing. Then Georgia outscores the Volunteers 38-3. to right? Tell you what, they looked ahead a little bit last week. Oh, yeah. You know, we talked so much about Auburn, Alabama, and what Washington didn't do against Washington State. They were able to hang on for a field goal victory. Georgia Tech is a team that's on the come here. I really believe that. I mean, 31-23, Georgia doesn't need style points. But, you know, if I was forced to play that game, I I, I probably, and I, you know, I, I don't bet, but if I was forced to pick, I don't remember what the line was. Was it 14, 17, something like that, favoring uh, Georgia? I, I absolutely would have picked Georgia, it and they only won that four and a half. Yeah, they won by eight, so they they didn't get it done. Yeah, I I didn't watch a second of that. It was during Florida Florida State, but I was shocked when I saw the score at the end of the game. Obviously, looking ahead a little bit, but yeah, twenty four and a half points in that one. Georgia Tech, I saw took the lead early, 
it was seven nothing. I'm like, oh, this is classic Georgia. They'll win fifty six to thirteen or something like that. But it didn't happen. Uh, UGA rested six starters against Georgia Tech. Yeah, uh, McClon- uh What's his name? Bowers rested. And McClonklin, Lad. Yep. yep. Couple Lad. other guys. Yeah. It's a great point. It's a fair point. I I don't know if the committee is aware of that. I I honestly think it's irrelevant. Yeah, I don't think they care. You know, if it if it got ugly, if it, if it ended up being. You know, like that Tennessee game where Georgia took back the opening kickoff, then got outscored 38-3, then, then maybe my conversation on this would change. But there's been zero indication in the last three years right. that Georgia's going to get blown out. I mean, eventually they're going to lose the game. I'd still pick them head and shoulders right now above everyone else uh, to win a national championship. I don't think anyone. Who do you think would be most close when it comes to the point spread? Because we see Alabama's five and a half. I think that Vegas thinks Oregon's probably number three, right? Or Michigan. I'm not sure. I don't know what the point spread would be, Georgia versus Michigan, Georgia versus Oregon. I'm going to guess somewhere between four, four and a half and six. That'd be just a guess. Yeah, I, I I think Oregon's pretty damn good, man. Yeah. I think that yeah. they could play Georgia pretty well, pretty close. Um, Michigan, I'm not sure. I wonder if Bo Nix, coming from Auburn, coming from the SEC, playing in the world's largest outdoor, or excuse me, playing in the world, uh, you know, the the Deep South's uh, oldest rivalry. I wonder if that has any bearing. I, I mean, if you if you tell Georgia that Bo Nix and Oregon's coming. They're laughing. <laughs> They're they, certainly they, laughing about Bo they Nix. Are. I, but, I mean, I mean, Dan Lanning was there. Oh, yeah. He's a Georgia guy. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I got you there, but this I is just Kirby my guess. I think Kirby doesn't let the players get like that, though. Yep. I, I think they would much rather take on an Oregon team than they would take on a Michigan team. Even though they just absolutely – plastered the team that like Michigan last year they didn't play Georgia obviously but the team that they lost to got beat by 50 against Georgia yeah so I'm not sure and Michigan talk about a soft schedule Michigan oh my god yeah it was a really awful year in the Big Ten I mean they were so top heavy but outside of that it was it was really you know it, it was difficult um, to handle. All right, here it is right here. Updated, before we take this break, updated odds to win the national championship. They got Michigan in. Wait a minute, this can't be right. They got Michigan in over Georgia? No way. Well, they're giving us funky numbers here. We got Michigan. Well, you know why? 19 to 10 and Georgia 12 to 5. You know why? It's because... The odds of Michigan getting into the playoffs are like 100%. Yeah. You know, they play Iowa. We were just talking Georgia yeah. could lose this weekend. Yeah, you're right. And you don't really know if they'd even be in the playoffs yeah. at that point. You think so, yeah. but you can't put the odds ahead of a team that's basically a lock to get in. Those are the top two, and then it's um, Oregon 9-2. to two. Then you got 8-1s to ones with Alabama and Texas. 14 to 1 is Washington. Then you have Florida State at 25 to 1 
They don't even put Louisville or they don't even have Ohio State in here, according to uh, to this. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six. You have seven ranked. You have seven teams with odds to win a national championship. This is according to BetOnline.ag. I'm sure you can you can find a book or somewhere that will take money for you uh, to put on. Uh, um, you know, uh, put on Ohio State. Twenty-eight zero six. Uh, Blue. I said two weeks ago, UGA is a four and a half point favorite against the field on this program. I remember the. Uh, I remember your text, and I. I may even have disagreed with you. And if we have proof to that, I'll. I'll admit it. I'm not going to run from it. Just don't cancel me like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame did with Bad Company because they had the audacity to mention the <laughs> word love. When I think about you, I think about love. Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Spreading our love tonight. The great bad company. Who is an absolute staple in classic rock lore. But yet is not good enough. To get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The only thing you have to say about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it's in freaking Cleveland, for crying out loud. And it should stay right there. It sucks. Don't ever go. It's a waste of time. Hated it. Absolutely hated it. I was so psyched. I smoked a doobie in the parking lot. I was ready to go, and it was just so disappointing. My goodness. Just awful rock and roll hall of fame. Oh, we we need to be diverse. We need to bring in country. We need to bring in alternative. We need to bring in some big band. You know? Speaking of, did you see Dolly Parton's been everywhere? Yeah. Including big Thanksgiving. Fan. Big fan. She was dressed like a 20-something-year-old dancing at halftime. I saw. Yeah. I felt odd. Uh, but she was holding on to, like, the float the entire time, she, holding on for dear life. I'm just like, does she, does she really need to be out there performing still at this age? It made me think, like, does someone have something again? Like, is someone blackmailing her? Like, why? Does She doesn't need the money. No, but <laughs> for the love of the game, I guess. I will say this. She's at least, she's being a good sport about all this. Because she said she didn't want to go in, and they put her in. So oh, she, did she? Yeah. Now she's she's made like a she's made a rock and roll album of of only covers. I like that. Like, what's that song with the four non blondes? Um, if you pull up four non blondes, it's like their only hit. Late eighties, early or early nineties. What's up? That may be it. Getting played, and we'll we'll find out. But it, it's um, apparently she's done that. Okay, she's she's done some other songs as well. So, yeah, this one. I went out and did this one. Are you too young to even know this? I'm. I don't know it yet. Twenty five years, I'm a lot still. Oh, I know. Trying to get up that great 
Dolly Parton's doing this now, and this is the putting a little twang into it. All right, we need twang. If it's do- I mean, we don't we don't need twang unless it's Dolly, unless it's Dolly or Willie or Merle. So how and that's many Merle with an E? How many YouTube views do you think this song has? This song, YouTube came uh, out twelve years ago. If that helps. This has only been out 12 years? No, but they put the official video up on YouTube 12 years ago. I'll say it's got uh, 5 million. Try 1.6 billion views. (laughs) Listen to the lyrics, though, and everyone falls in. Fall in. I said fall in. What's going on? Another one, not as good as ain't talking about love, but it's close. I said, hey, what's going on? All right, the 6440 says, uh, Blue, I love the low key show opening rants that you and JJ sometimes get into. Spot on tonight about bad company. An actual non fru fru beer served with coasters <laughs> instead of on cocktail. Napkins Rebar- uh, regarding bad company. This is why I love our listeners. This is unbelievable. Regarding bad company, they're so underrated in the realm of classic rock bands. In a sense, they kind of remind me of the Jaguars. Outside of Jacksonville, there has been so much talk about C.J. Stroud and the Texans this past month, and I get it. But in the meantime. The Jags quietly buzz through the league, taking care of business one game at a time, like Bad Company releasing so much good music over the years. I got to tell you something right now. This may be the greatest text I've ever received in 30-plus years. I can't lie. There was no such thing as text or texting or whatever it is 30-plus years ago. You just took the fact that I am irate that Bad Company is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and found a way to make it parallel with your Jacksonville Jaguars. That is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. He goes on and on and on here. But we hope the Jags get the recognition they deserve and eventually win a Super Bowl. Unlike Bad Company, who it looks will never be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, they'll go in, but, it, you know, they'll be dead by then. Posthumously? Is that the correct word? It is. Uh, 0392, believe you can replace love with drugs in just about any rock and roll song, and it works. Yeah, I, I know. I got it, but that's not my point here. My, my point was that they actually have love uh, that's in it. Uh, here's one on Cam Robinson. Blue, can the Jaguars recoup more money because of the four-game suspension this year on Cam? He goes on to actually refer to me as a uh, a, a cap uh, specialist, which is quite endearing. Thank you. The answer to that question is no. It, it cost Cam Robinson, I think, $3.2 million in his purse. But the Jaguars are going to release him, and they're going to recoup seventeen million seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. 
if they cut him after the season, before June 1st, they're going to have to eat a dead cap figure of $3,888,000. But they'll recoup $17,750. Let me see how this changes post-June 1. It doesn't. So, you know, they could try to possibly take on a trade, but you're talking about his 2024 salary cap number being $21,638,000. You know, you could make the case that if he was healthy and Walker Little wasn't there, that you keep him around for one more year. And I'm sure they have had those conversations, although I've been saying forever, this is it. I mean, you can't pay a guy $21.6 million for 17 games? Imagine paying your left tackle well more than $1 million a game. You cannot do that. So, you know, they're, they're going to move on from him. And I also believe they're going to move on from Brandon Sheriff, who he's got three voidable years in 2025, 6, and 7. The way that his contract reads, we just talked about $21 million plus for Cam Robinson. The cap number for Brandon Sheriff next year is $23,967,000, okay? If you cut him before June 1st, dead money's $14,868,000. You would save just over $9 million. If you cut him... After June 1st, it's $7,467,000, which you would have in dead money. Now, hold on just one second. There, and I, I need to get the exact story on this, but I believe with the latest restructured contract, there is a way with Brandon Sheriff that you could, let me see. I got this from Big Big Cat Country recently. Okay, it's the only where I've seen this. So I'm giving you, as I do, that's the way I do things. Okay, if I I take something from someone else, I'm always going to credit them. All right, Um, Big Cat Country. He'll be a free agent. Uh, however, Shatley, 32 years old, will be a free agent next offseason. The Jaguars could save $9.1 million by releasing Sheriff before June 1st. Uh, they also could cut him after June 1st and save $16.5 million, pushing $7.4 million in that dead cap money to 2025. Okay. That's post. So depending on if you cut him before June 1st or after June 1st, if it's before June 1st, you're going to eat all that dead cap money next year. If you do it after June 1st, you're basically going to split it in half. And, you know, a great portion of it will be next year in 2024. And then, according to Big Cat Country, you would have as much as, uh, let's see here once again, 7.4 million 
in dead cap money in 2025. So that's going to be a very interesting decision. And you got to get out of this contract. I don't believe that they can restructure it in that years. You already have the voidable years that are on here, which I know is confusing to many, myself at times uh, as well. I, I would think that this is absolutely the end of the road for Cam Robinson and for Brandon Sheriff. They, they, they have to move on with those two. Let me take a look at for what it's worth. Uh, the best offensive line grader this past week was uh, Cam Robinson. You know, that's bad news considering he only played 12 plays. The, you know, Walker Little played 76 plays at left guard and left tackle combined. Fortner gave you 76 plays. Sheriff and Harrison gave you 76 plays. Ezra Cleveland gave you 64 plays at left guard. Um, The five highest-ranked players, Luke Farrell, Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Wrigley, Cam Robinson, and Dearness Johnson. We talked about his carry per average and how it wasn't up to par, but it seemed like the eye test was better. I, I don't think anyone out there would disagree with me. And, yes, I do recognize that, what, 41, 42-yard reception he had. The lowest four grades, Luke Fortner, 49.1. That man can't get out of the 40s every week. He just can't. I don't want to rain on a on a great uh, on a great situation. I don't. That's that's not my job. I, I'm giddy. I'm happy for all of you that this team's playing well. But I think the only thing you know next year is Walker Little and Anton Harrison. I think both guard spots and center are clearly up for conversation. I mean, it's just not working here for Luke Fortner. The only thing Luke Fortner's got going for him is that he's getting a ton of experience, right? He had 17 starts last year, plus two playoff games. And he started in 11 games this year. He's got 30 career starts. But his pro football focus numbers were like 48 point a year ago, and it's the same thing this year. Very, very low. Uh, Walker Little, 50. So... I don't have a number here, unfortunately, on uh, on Sheriff. Let me see. Uh, Anton Harrison gave you a 57-1. I didn't see one. It wasn't released on, uh, on Brandon Sheriff. Jacksonville did not allow a sack. And, you know, I watched some of the one-on-one battles that Harrison, uh, you know, Harrison had, and and there's a guy who's really been thrown into it in year one. I mean, he's. It, it seems like every single week, you know, he's taken on one of the great pass rushers in the NFL, or or certainly a very talented pass rusher. And he did a nice job against Will Anderson Jr. last weekend. So Anton Harrison getting better. I know before the injury to Cam Robinson, I was getting quite a few texts where people were saying, "Well, let's put." Walker Little back at right tackle, right? Keep Cam at left, put Walker at right. And, you know, now that's obviously not going to happen with Cam out at least four weeks. And, and, you know, there's a lot of speculation with Cam. I I don't know what else to say. I I, I do believe that, and I don't say this with 100% certainty, but I do believe that if, if the knee was as bad as it was in 2018, 
where it was a torn ACL. We would have known by it. We would have known about that by now. It's now Tuesday at 9, right? And it didn't happen. So I got to believe that there's a chance that he can still play a little bit later on uh, this year. All right, let's take another break. Why don't we do that? We've got much more to get into. Uh, going to be with you tonight till 10 o'clock. More on college football and the playoff. If you would like to get in, more on the Jaguars. Absolutely. Here's one, uh, Love Stinks by the Jake Ousman. Yeah, I said that a little bit earlier. And uh, as I said, the end result of that is that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame says, forget about it, Jake Isles. Even though you had a harmonica in your band, okay, and, you know, you would go to other weapons of your choice as far as, um, you know, an orchestra here and there, or at least a saxophone or, or trumpet. Uh, you know, Magic Dick played the harmonica. It's, Rock and Roll Band's like, no. How they won't even put Jethro Tull in. The man played a flute. How can you not put a guy in who plays a rock and roll flute? Jethro Tull. Not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Walking down this rocky road Wondering where my life is leading Rolling on to the Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. So much you can do with bad company. I mean, think about it. It's great first date type music, right? It's also great first year anniversary type of music. It's great late night in a bar, close to 2 a.m. type of music. It's also great picking up your seven-year-old from kindergarten type of music. We love bad company around here. We do. During the dog days, there's no such thing as far as I'm concerned. Hell, I'll do it. I'll do it the Tuesday night after Monday night football. <laughs> I do. I want to do a uh, those who have been snubbed. And I, I know that they announced the 25 semifinalists today in the NFL and really want to see Fred Taylor get in. I still think. He's a year, maybe two away. He's got a little bit of competition. You know, you look at the running back positions, uh, running back position, Tiki Barber's there. Tiki played in New York. That's going to help him. I think it's going to hurt him that, you know, when he left, they won the Super Bowls. And he got into it with Coughlin a little bit. Eddie George, right? Smaller career, shorter career, but... Put up some big numbers. Uh, Ricky Waters, a two-way back. Guy who caught a lot of passes. Boy, he was fun. I was a big Ricky Waters fan, both in college and in uh, the NFL. But I I think Fred Taylor is by far the best of those four. Maybe we'll get into this a little bit later on uh, in the program. You know, we shall see. Hey, I want to say this about Florida State. And, you know, I was 
thinking about this a little bit earlier today when I was on the golf course and I was in deep thought because the three knuckleheads I was playing with, they were drinking, they were smoking cigars and doing all that stuff. And I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm a pro. I have a job to do and let's do it, baby. So I had some Diet Cokes and had some Slim Jims. But there's nothing better on the golf course than a Slim Jim. Can't eat a big sandwich, maybe a dog at the turn, but, you know, I don't want the belly, I don't want to fall into a food coma. You just need a little bit of taste. You still want to be hungry when you're out on the golf course. That's why I recommend Slim Jim. The, G, uh, the, the GF went out and picked up like a 50-pack. I got the jalapeno one, a little spice. Uh, it's good. but That's I, actually solid advice. It is, yeah. Bananas and Slim Jims. Breakfast of champions. Why not? You don't want to get, you know, a, that a, full stomach. Well, it's like it's I the play, worst. You know, every once in a while you're invited to play these really nice courses, and like we're going to meet for lunch before, and I'm like, bro, look at me. I've never missed a meal in my life except for right before I tee off. I don't, I don't want a big meal then. You know, after sure, but but not prior to. But um. You know, so I'm 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 out and I'm playing golf and I'm enjoying uh, this day, and I'm thinking about this Florida State team, and here's what comes to mind. This is truly one of my favorite Florida State teams that they have ever had, and I know the response will be, "Well, no kidding, Baloo, they're undefeated." What, what are you going to go back and pick the year that they were four and eight or? Whatever the heck they were. And okay. But here's the reason they're not nearly as talented as the great teams from 10 years ago, the teams of the late 80s through the whole decade of the 90s. I, I don't remember who asked me. It might have been Lauren Brooks. It might have been, where would you put this team uh, compared to all these other teams? And, and, and I said, I wouldn't even put them in the top 10. And it's true. They're not nearly as talented. This is a three-star football team. Okay? You look at blue-chip ratio in 2023. Blue-chip is a four-star or five-star. Alabama, 90% of their roster are blue-chippers, four- and five-stars. Ohio State, 85. Georgia, 77. Texas A&M, 73. Clemson, 72. There's a bunch of schools here. All right, Florida, 64% of their roster are blue chippers. Five and four stars. Miami, 61% of their roster are blue chippers. Five star, four star. I don't have the exact number on Florida State. But I want to say it's like 37, 38%. It's really down. And you look at their recruiting class and what they're ready to bring in. Okay? They're going to stop bringing in more four- and five-star players. The early recruiting for Mike Norvell was not great. I think I thought COVID really hurt him because he had no Florida ties. All right? He only had five guys on his roster from this state at Memphis, and he was very successful at Memphis. He also only had five four-stars on his team at Memphis. Now, he's been pounding the pavement. He's starting to bring in guys. This isn't a slight at Florida State. 
Okay, we've seen three stars forever go into the NFL and and be phenomenal football players. But there's so much emphasis on recruiting and getting the five stars and getting the four stars. And these Blue Bloods and these other schools have so much more on their roster than Florida State. Yet Florida State has been able to win these games by getting the most out of these players, by developing these players. And they've really coached them well. So I think it's, it's a phenomenal uh, accomplishment and, and compliment to go on out and win with this, with this group. And I got to believe that beginning next year, even though it's going to be in a lot of circles a rebuilding year, especially on defense, you're going to lose seven starters, and you're going to lose Benson, you're going to lose Wells, Wilson, you're going to lose Coleman, you're going to lose three offensive linemen. You're going to lose your quarterback. You're going to lose a lot of players. They're going to start to bring in younger talent. So because of that, I really like this team. Uh, one other note that isn't as positive to both Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, bro, feel free to pick up your backup quarterback. A lot of drop balls. Now, Wilson made that great one on the sideline, which they reviewed. You know, Keon Coleman, you know what that play looked like to me? Go back and watch the drop in the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Giants right before the Eli Manning in the grasp throw to David Tyree, which is one that will live in Super Bowl lore. The play right before that, on the sideline, is almost identical to the ball that Keon Coleman dropped in the end zone on Saturday night. I said it to my brother, I said it to my dad. They're, they're both, you know, lifelong uh, New England Patriot fans. I'm like, that is a Sante Samuel. That is exactly like it. So, I mean, Coleman and Wilson have been huge, par- huge parts of this, but, I mean, feel free to hang on to these balls. What do they have combined? Three, four drops uh, in the game. On Saturday. Hey, Miami's losing a lot of players. It's been announced now that uh, I, I see four transfers, and as expected, um, you know, Cam Kitchens, he's going to the NFL. Uh, James Williams. Both safeties, yeah. Yep, going to the NFL. But Van Dyke is leaving. Not surprised. Donald Chaney, man, and they kind of gave up on him after that fumble. Dude, he got the raw end. Like, first of all, it wasn't a fumble. Yeah, I sound like a bitter cane. I get it. But it wasn't a fumble. And then after that, the coaching staff. He was down? Yeah. Okay. After that, the coaching staff, like, really, really stopped giving him carries. It was almost like they blamed him for the loss instead of y'all's dumbasses for not just taking the knee. Fletcher's a beast, but you need a couple of backs. Yeah, they have plenty, though. Um, that's not the transfer I'm worried about. And with the massive amounts of like quarterbacks I've seen entering the portal over the last two days, I'm not too worried about Van Dyke leaving. What I am worried about is the bowl game. So Miami obviously lost their backup when he broke his arm against Florida State. They won't have TVD. And Ja'Curry Brown, the only other hurricane on the or quarterback on the Hurricanes roster, he's looking to enter the portal too, so he might not be for the bowl game. They literally 
don't have a quarterback on the roster. So it looks like they'll have to do like a a walk-on guy or maybe the have like a running back in there. I'm not sure. I liked Jakari Barron last year. Yeah, he was huge. He threw he threw the ball, you know, ran a lot. That's obviously Yeah, the I mean he picked up like two I'm pulling up his numbers here. He picked up 223 yards on the ground. He was 27 of 45, 60% of his passes. So the rumor is that they're like recruiting Miami's like recruiting him to stay just for the bowl game. You know, like hey, maybe if you look good on tape it'll help you better in the portal. Have you heard about the Washington State quarterback? Yeah, the guy who's either going to Miami or or SMU. Lots of places. So he's not in the portal yet. Yet he has 10, and this is just speculation from different Twitter websites, uh, 10 $1 million offers from different schools already, a player who's not even officially in the portal yet. That's the dirty pool that's being played right now in college football. All right, uh, and you're also losing, uh, you know, Harvey and uh, – A couple fl- defensive linemen. Corey Flag, Flag Jr. Yeah. All right, I, out of out of, guy, out of guys who could be available, and, and that's – Man, it's so subjective. You know, I've seen Max Johnson. Riley Leonard. Is available. Riley Leonard uh, could be available now that Mike Elko is, has um, moved on to, uh, to Texas A&M. Apparently the Vandy kid's pretty decent. There really isn't a quarterback who just sticks out. Not yet. You know, like last year at this time, we were talking all about you know, Mays at North Carolina. And, and, and heck, Cade Mays mentioned it to me. I didn't, when I interviewed him in Charlotte at the ACC kickoff meetings, I didn't even have a chance to ask him. He told me. He's like, yeah, there were offers out there. I mean, there was talk to me who's going to go to Alabama or, or this and that. He turned down some big-time money. Remember um, Sam Hartman last year was a big one from Wake to uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. You know, Arch Manning's one to watch. Now he did come into the game. He ain't leaving for one million dollars. Again, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's one to watch that might hit the portal just based on playing time. Like he came into the game late against Texas Tech this season, which is the first time he's played. Um, because when Ewers was down, he wasn't the backup. So now Malik I'll be Murphy interested was to see, yeah, what happens to either one of those guys. This kid Malik Murphy, I'm not gonna act like I know a ton about him. He he's only a freshman. He was fun though. He was. And yours is coming back. Mm-hmm. He's already announced that. Yeah. You know that Lincoln Riley right now is the next coach to be fired? Would <laughs> USC really fire him? No. At that this would be point? Really dumb. We find this for you before Th- That's the almost break. as dumb as the guys calling for a day's job. You know, like the guy who literally has lost seven games. In his entire tenure at Ohio State, three of them to Michigan, I get that, but I think three losses to Michigan and a couple in the playoffs. Besides that, he has no like Big Ten losses. I think he lost to Oregon that one time. That was it. And they want him fired. I, I... Uh, again, this is now this is sportsbetting.ag. Next coach to be fired, plus three hundred is Lincoln Riley, number one on the list. <laughs> Sam Pittman is next, although he got that dreaded vote of confidence at plus 400. Ken Wilson, I believe he is Nevada at plus 600. Jeff Halfley, plus 800 at BC. Matt Rule, 
plus 800. Wow, already. You're going to give up Matt Rule after just one year? They, they, you know, you wonder about this. It's, it's probably the book's way of almost cheating a little bit. And, all right, we'll get some suckers to pony up a little bit of money here. It'll pay huge, but there's no way he's going to be let go. Yeah, Billy like Napier plus a thousand. Dave Aranda, where's he? Baylor, correct. Plus a thousand. Season. Mike Loxley, that's Maryland, I believe, plus twelve hundred. And Pat Narduzzi at plus twelve hundred. So there you go. Um, you know the the prominent jobs have been filled, right? The Michigan State job, the Texas A and M job. Uh, what other major job could open up? Michigan. That that would really be it, right? I mean, I can't think of anything else. I outside of Jim Harbaugh, is there unless someone leaves for the NFL that we yeah. don't know, you know, that we're not expecting, and that opens a spot. No, I, I don't think Billy gets fired. I don't think uh, Ryan Day gets fired. No. I don't think any of that happens. Yeah, that Ryan Day stuff's crazy. It really is. It's, but you know, James Franklin's dealing with it at Penn State, and and right now Ryan Day is having to uh, try to overcome that with Ohio State. All right, final thoughts coming up. As a matter of fact, we got much more to do. Take you tonight up until ten o'clock right here on this Tuesday edition. Into the night with Rick Balloon on ten ten XL ninety two point five FM. All right, take you up till 10 tonight. Then Hacker Nation uh, will join you right here on your home of the Jaguars. Uh, Nothing new to report today on the Jags and a lot of people wondering on on Cam Robinson. Um, You know, we haven't heard a thing. So that is the very latest there. Uh, Josh Allen played fantastic football over the weekend. This, This man just continues to to earn more and more cash. I mean, it is incredible. I I was looking um, here. He had a career-high 12 pressures in week eight, eight of those against Laramie Tunsil, all right? It was the first time in over six years where Tunsil had allowed more than four pressures to a single defender, and Allen doubled them up. And ended up with 12 in the game. So I, I I understand that for a lot of you people, it's alarming because it's a contract year. And, yeah, I get it. I I hate it when it's a contract year. And I you can never go inside a man's head and know what he's thinking. I, I, I feel comfortable about this, but I don't know it. Okay? Knowing Josh a little bit, the way that I – do since he's been here, I really get the feeling that giving him the money would not affect his play. But, I mean, they just gave Devon Hamilton the money. Something's going on with Hamilton that we don't know of. That's clear. I, and I, I, I don't know. Okay, I've heard some stuff, but I'm not comfortable enough uh, to come out and, and mention it. But, that's going to be really interesting to see 
what the Jaguars do. And, you know, defensively, they are just so consistent. Offensively, the last two weeks, the running attack hasn't really worked, yet they've been far north of 30 carries per game. Trevor Lawrence last week, 9.6 yards was his average pass attempt. That is the longest in his NFL career. 45 games, 9.6 yards. How incredible is this? This Remember forever when, when Zay was out? And it's not like Zay has been running a ton of those routes. His first game back, he was what? Four receptions for 20 yards, if memory serves me correct. An average of five. He only caught one ball last week. But it's just him being there, whether he's a decoy or what have you, that all of a sudden you're seeing Calvin Ridley get more opportunities. And in this football game, Trevor Lawrence completed four passes of 42 yards or longer. It's incredible. You know, defensively, they didn't get a takeaway. But they still are a ball-hawking group. Uh, They have 20 right now in the NFL, which I believe still leads the league as far as takeaways, 20 uh, for the season. And now they have 24 sacks. So, you know, it's like they pick each other up and say whatever you want about this offensive line. You know what the offensive line didn't do? On Sunday, they didn't give up a sack. And that's twice in the last five games that they've done that. Let's see the total here for takeaways. Uh, well, Denver, they've won 22. Uh, 20, Denver's got 22 takeaways. Buffalo and San Francisco, 21. And then it's a log jam with three teams. Uh, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, and New Orleans all with 20 right now. Uh, it's a very incredible, you know, it's a very important statistic, as obviously you are aware of. How about Denver, man? They've won five in a row. They're still not in the wild card. I mean, five in a row they have won. Absolutely insane. I know what I want to ask you, because when I caught this, I was like, what am I missing here? What's going on that I'm not aware of? Okay, outside of possibly a short week. But one of my favorite things to do is guess lines. And sometimes I miss it for one reason or another, but it's a lot easier to predict an NFL line than it is some of these obscure college football lines, particularly when you're playing directional schools or what have you. When you get to this time of year in college, you have a better idea. But typically in the NFL, You have a pretty good understanding. You can be within a point or so. San Francisco. Have you seen this? San Francisco at Philadelphia. San Francisco's a three-point favorite. Oh, I thought it was only like one or one and a half. What what am I missing here? I I think San Francisco should be favored. Really? Yeah. To me, they're much better than Philly. Philly's not. I don't care what the record says. They're not. Great. I mean, they honestly almost lose every single game. Jalen Hurts, it takes three quarters for him to get going every game. This defense, they're not going to play around. Like, they're they're going to shut him down next week. I, I don't know. I get that it's at home, but, yeah, if you put up Philly this year, 
you know, if you don't look at the record, if you just look at the performance on the field, to me, they're not one of the best, you know, elite teams. I mean, I guess you have to put them up there because who else is there besides the Chiefs and the Niners? But, yeah, I'm not picking Philly to win the Super Bowl this year. Absolutely not. And I think Detroit showed that they're human, and Dallas is kind of the wild card here. They have no wins against a team with a winning record. Right. Dallas has never, you know, Dallas just hadn't been able to get it done like they um, gave up as of late in the playoffs. Philly gave up 400 yards, 500 yards last week, 10 plus third down conversions at home. San Francisco lost 3 in a row. Now they've won 3 in a row. Okay? But this will be their third game in 4 weeks on the road. Oh, Philly wow. is coming off a short week. That is that is problematic, and you're right. They had to play for 60 minutes. We watched it. How about last night's game? I well, mean, they actually had to play more than 60 minutes. Yeah, they did. Uh, how about last night's game? I didn't watch it. I, it was like the first time in, like, uh, we got to take a break here, but it was like the first time in, like, I don't know, since Otto Graham and Leather Helmets that a team won without scoring a touchdown. I mean, it was absolutely brutal you had one touchdown by the losing team and you had six turnovers in a 12 10 bears victory in minnesota it it was just wow it was just really really bad the only thing that would have been better was if al michaels called it now Today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. A couple of days left in November. The incentives are outstanding. Absolutely love my uh, Key GMC Sierra, the GF as well, the Key Buick Enclave. So uh, 23s, 24s in the lot, used cars in the lot, right across the street from Tinseltown. Southside and Gate have some fresh new incentives for you coming up on Friday as we turn the calendar to December. But for right now, take advantage of what's going on in November. Let's recognize some all ACC first teamers, quarterback Jordan Travis. Okay. Offensive line. Um, when is the last time you could say that about Florida State? Unbelievable. Dimitri Emmanuel and Darius. Washington, uh, Keon Coleman, the wide receiver. Miami gets uh, Xavier Restrepo. Also, the Bain kid wasn't in there. Excuse me, um, the Lee kid wasn't in there. His second team. Yeah, I know many project him to be maybe the top center, if not the second or third center to go in the NFL draft. So that's offense. Let's see here. First team defense. Jared Verse, Kalen Deloach, Cam Kitchens, who we told you earlier out of the U, uh, is uh, heading off now to the National Football League, uh, plus specialists uh, Keon Coleman and uh, Bora Gallus, your uh, place kicker. Hmm. Interesting. Second team, Trey Benson, Jaheim Bell, Jalen Rivers on the offensive line. Uh, for the U, Matt Lee. There you go on the offensive line for the U. Second team defense. Let's see. Braden Fisk, Joshua Farmer out of Florida State. Boy, um, 
where's Bain? He's not here. Renardo Green gets anyone else from Miami? Get in, Francisco. Mauioga. He's a good football player, Yeah, third team is Bain, which I I think he got screwed. Yeah. Deserved a little better, in my opinion. Fitzy had an unbelievable year. He only got third team. Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, whatever. Conference, uh, this isn't an all-American list. These are a conference list, but um, I think I'm willing to wager that I'm the only one who's mentioned that today here. On 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL talking with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Hello, Hacker. I can see you starting the show with it, bringing up Jacoby George, who had 150-plus yards against Florida State from Miami a few weeks ago. Johnny Wilson is third string. Or third team, all ACC wide receivers. You must have been looking at my show rundown. That's in segment two tonight. Okay. Uh, segment one will be the NBA in season tournament. I'm willing to bet I'm the only one tracking the Nets and the Raptors right now. What I absolutely find hysterical about this is you have teams trying to beat other teams tonight by as much as humanly possible. Boston was up 30, launching threes about 30 minutes ago against Chicago for point differential. I don't know if the NBA is going to tweak this thing, but point differential being the tiebreaker makes these games hysterical because people are really trying to kill the other team with 30 seconds left. All right. I, I, I'm going to admit right now complete ignorance. We've all talked about it with J.J. and Dylan off the air quite a bit. My, my love for professional basketball has waned over the last couple of years because I just don't think it's a team game anymore. What are you talking about? What is going on here? This is the first year, again, I I don't know all the specifics. First year of an in-season tournament, there were six groups, five teams per group, and there's going to be eight teams that go to the quarterfinals, four teams that go to the semis, and there's a championship game. The winning team actually gets 500 grand in bonuses. So there is a lofty prize. A piece? JJ, is it a piece? Uh yes, I believe it's five hundred grand a piece. So like guys like LeBron are excited to help the bench players. Oh. Yes, you know like the G leaguers. The NBA's idea is the casual NBA fan doesn't come around till Christmas anyway. This is a way to do something to try to attract other fans before Christmas. I have to say it's interesting hmm. because it's got me looking at a Raptors Nets game because it has implications for the Magic. Again, I just find it hysterical that. Teams are up 35 points tonight, and they're launching threes with a minute to go because it's all about point differential when it comes to tiebreakers. Yeah. All right. Interesting stuff. What else is coming up tonight? Yeah, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. I'll keep you updated if you need to. to obviously, a lot of football tonight. We got five high school football teams that are in the state Final Four this week for their given classification. We're going to talk to three of those head coaches tonight. Also, John Shipley of Jaguar Report. And we will react to the college football rankings. You feel good now? A win over Louisville? You think you're in the playoff? Uh, I don't feel good. Um, you know, I I think they're where they deserve to be at number four. But I also think you should ask the question, what is the role of the committee after next week? Is it to keep it the highest ranked four teams based on a year's worth of work? Or who are the four best teams right now? in college football because you can make a case for those one-loss teams that they are better 
than Florida State. I just think the most chaotic thing might be the most simplest thing. Washington, Michigan win. They're in. And if Alabama beats Georgia, what do you do? Alabama would go. And if it comes down to Florida State and the defending back-to-back national champions, I think that would be fascinating theater on Sunday. Yeah, and, and you know, a team who's gone undefeated has never been left out. All right? But I think the two teams who have enormous street cred are uh, or excuse me, are Georgia and Alabama. Under the scenario that you gave, I think both SEC teams are in. Under the scenario that I gave, too, you know who would be screaming is Texas. Yeah, because and they should. Texas beat Alabama. Right. They would only have one loss, and they're a Big 12 champion. They still think they're in it as well. Well, where is the head-to-head in all this? I mean, Texas beats Alabama. They don't go. A year ago, Ohio State lost to Michigan. Then USC lost in a, P- a Pac-12 championship game. And Ohio State still got in, so... That's why there's a little bit of confusion for me on what is the real role here. And we've, we, we've read a lot of different things, but it's two different questions. What teams have earned it with their record compared to what are truly the four best teams? If you look at Vegas, which makes a lot of sense, they have Florida State ranked as the seventh highest opportunity right now to win a national championship behind three teams with a loss, Alabama, Texas, in Oregon. It comes down to this. Best versus most deserving. Florida State would certainly be the more deserving. Would they be one of the four best? I guess yeah. that's for the committee to decide. Yeah. And um, you know, I got a lot of thoughts on that. I've mentioned them briefly, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to save that more for uh, Thursday and Friday uh, as we get a little bit closer. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be absolute. And you know what? Typically these things work out. Yeah. Louisville will win or something crazy uh, will happen. But uh, – we shall see. And, you know, maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe Oklahoma State can pull off an upset here against Texas as well. All right, have a lot of fun. Thanks, Rick. All right, so uh, that's coming up. That begins on Friday night. You know, you get the winner of that Oregon-Washington rematch. They're in. No doubt about that. And certainly Michigan, they win their end. Georgia wins their end. Alabama wins. Everything changes. For the record, I do think if Florida State wins their end. And the only way that that would change is if Bama wins. I think there's a real good chance both SEC teams will get in ahead of Florida State. We'll see. But we'll talk about that tomorrow, 6 to 8. It's our J-Fun show. Look forward to talking with you then. 6 to 8. Coming up here on Wednesday on your Home of the Jacks.